Hi there, it's Melvin. Just wanted to take a moment to thank the team over at Thryzer for supporting this month's podcast sessions. Thryzer is a payment platform that you have to check out if you are a private pay therapist and accepting out-of-network benefits. It basically helps clients save on therapy up front. Thryzer can help verify a client's out-of-network benefit ahead of the first session so that they get transparency up front on what their out-of-pocket costs will be. I'll tell you more about Thryzer here in the middle of our session, but if you go to sellingthecouch.com forward slash Thryzer, you actually and then enter the code STC upon sign up, you get your first $2,500 in fees waived. Again, that's over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash Thryzer, and be sure to enter the promo code STC. So we'll jump right into today's podcast session. Hello, hello. Welcome to session 178 of Selling a Couch. This is the first episode of 2019. It's so good to be back online and podcasting. I had a random set of events that happened last year. All good things. Our baby came extremely early and she's doing great, but that also meant that I had to shift quite a bit of things uh, just to focus on life and being a dad and all of those things. But fortunately, things are going really well just for our family. Thank you so much for the grace and understanding. Uh, You know, one of the things of creating this podcast is A lot of the stuff about being a business owner, I'm figuring out kind of in the moment, especially when life throws different events and different circumstances toward you. And uh, thank you so much again for your grace. Today's podcast episode is actually a little bit different from pretty much every episode that I've done before. I'm actually getting interviewed on this podcast. Patricia Young, who you guys may have heard on previous episodes of the podcast where she talked about being a highly sensitive person and building a niche around highly sensitive people. She's actually interviewing me on the podcast and just talking about life events and what sort of happened in life this past year with with our baby coming early, the big lessons that I learned along the way. Again, I feel like one of the things that we don't often talk about is as we build all of these businesses and as we build these careers, life doesn't stop. And so how do you simultaneously balance life events and business and those kind of things? And if you know the answer to that, please let me know. I'm hoping that you enjoyed today's podcast conversation. Uh, This is just an open and honest conversation about my own struggles. Today's podcast is supported by Turning Point HQ. Uh, This is a brand new sponsor on the STC podcast, but David and I call him Dave. Dave and I have gotten to know each other over the past two years. He was a previous STC podcast guest. And honestly, Dave is one of the most kind and generous and helpful people that I know. And with sponsors, you guys know I'm I'm super discretionary in terms of who I share uh, the STC audience with. And Dave when uh, we talked about sponsorship, he was one of those people. I just, I had zero doubt. And so Dave is a financial planner, uh, specifically for therapists. And his whole mission is to transform your relationship with money. I know for many of us, uh, money is something that, and the money stories that we have often been told, it impacts a lot of how we do business. It impacts how we approach things like retirement and investing and all of those things. 
And Dave understands that, and he comes from just a very heart-centered place to help us build out an investment in a retirement portfolio. Dave actually has this really cool guide. Uh, it's absolutely free to download, and it's called The 7 Money Mistakes That Hold Therapists Back. You can find it over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash turning point HQ. And that guide has a lot of the things that, that can hold a lot of therapists back. And actually, if you go through that link as well, you get $200 off any service that Dave provides. So we'll get right to today's session. Here's my conversation, or actually not my conversation. Here is me being interviewed by Patricia Young. Hey, Melvin. Happy New Year and welcome to your show. <laughs> hey, Patricia. <laughs> uh, happy New Year to you as well. Uh, I was telling you right before we started, this is a very unusual position of being interviewed. <laughs> I'm so used to being on the other end of the mic. So, But looking forward to this and I'm looking forward to this honest conversation. I'm really excited to be here and to be asking you some stuff. So when you were preparing for the baby, business-wise, what were some of the things that you prepared regarding outsourcing? Oh, that's a good question. So I briefly mentioned this on the, the intro of this episode, but originally our baby was supposed to come in September and I'm a planner. So I had started, you know, thinking about what would my business look like? What are the stuff that I'm doing that's sort of like day-to-day kind of stuff that I can start to outsource. So those kind of things. But then she ended up coming in July. So she was a preemie. And so that threw a lot of stuff into a flux. But to answer the original question, in terms of outsourcing, what I literally did was I took a blank sheet of paper out and I started writing down every little task that I did related to the business on a day-to-day basis. No matter how like small it was, I just wrote it down. Uh, just one, give me a visual of all the stuff I was doing, which that itself was very eye-opening. And then two, I think it gave me this some sort of a framework by which to say, you know what, am I the best person to be doing this? Could I, if I were to delegate this, could that time that's freed up, could that be used better elsewhere? I think that's sort of the question that I was always asking myself. There's a really good book. The title right now is Escaping Me, but the author says, you know, if you can identify a task and you think that somebody else could do it at 80% of the quality that you can do it, then it's probably a good idea to outsource it. And I try to follow that rule. I just love how you can look at systems. Your brain works so differently than mine does. So I'm kind of in awe of you. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be really dirty really quick, but I'll go to like like podcast movement, which is like the big industry conference. And there's always like talks on systems and processes that I'm like, get so excited. <laughs> like, this is awesome. <laughs> what kind of tools? I think I like structure and I like organization. And I think especially now with the baby, I realize that just being as efficient as I can is just, I don't know, it's, it, that feels really important, you know? And I think one like related thing is what I've just learned is, what I used to do is I used to get up and I used to create lists and I used to say, this is my to-do list for the day, right? But the problem is every task on your to-do list doesn't have equal weight. And so when I realized that some tasks have more weight in terms of growth of your business, those kind of things, that kind of changed stuff. So I'm like blanking on names of books and stuff right now. But oh, the one thing, that's a book that I love. And in that book, they say, instead of creating a to-do list, you should create a success list. So what you should do is you should write that to-do list, but then arrange it in order of priorities of how it would help your business grow. 
So how did you handle some of the unexpected changes since you thought that you'd be able to go all the way until September and then bang, here comes July and you weren't really preparing for that? Yeah, not as well as I want to admit. (laughs) To be honest, it was very overwhelming. I mean, this is our first baby. And for her to come, you know, almost two months early, I just, it threw a lot of stuff into, into flux. And so initially, how did I handle the initial changes? I panicked and I freaked out. (laughs) And I, fortunately, I, you know, have a great team. I think STC, when I first started, it was just me, myself and I doing everything. And since we've, since then, we've been able to build, you know, to have a podcast editor, a web person, a video person, a awesome virtual assistant. And what I started doing with was I met with my VA several times and I was like, listen, I think we just have to kind of go bare bones. And can you help me with these things, at least for the next couple of months? Because I just, I don't know, I'm just too overwhelmed. I can't, you know, trying to go between the house to NICU to all of those different things. And then even trying to think about running a business. It was just, it was a lot. Yeah, I bet. And so what I'm hearing you say is that you had a human reaction, even though you planned. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. It's interesting because I think as much as I like to think that I have it like all figured out and put together, I just, it's just amazing how the world throws things and you just, things that you don't expect, you know? And for me, I think this entire process has just been very humbling for me. And I think it's also taught me to really value like and value and constantly think about what are the most important things, right? I think for me, I think this is true for most of us. It's very easy to like think of business success as strictly monetary. And so, but for me, what I realized is, you know, it's after at some point, some level of income, there's not, I mean, there's a sense of happiness and contentment, but you have to be really careful because the more you grow, the more stress that it adds. And the more you grow, sometimes the more pressure you feel to keep growing, right? But that usually comes at the expense of other stuff that's probably much more important in life, like family and relationships and all of those things. So it sounds like it's really giving you an opportunity to pull back and focus on the things that are important to you. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I think... When I first started STC, I had like all these really grand plans, like launch 10 different products and services and consulting and do all of these things. And now I think just here in the last couple of weeks, I've just realized, you know, my time is so finite and I don't have to grow beyond what I'm like comfortable, you know, like I don't Mm -hmm. need to feel that external pressure to measure up. So. Well, and I think that there's a really fine line that we walk when, and these are my words, this may not be true for you. I tend to run a little bit on the anxious side. And the good part of that is it makes me want to prepare and plan and think ahead and forecast and troubleshoot. However, life often happens in spite of the fact that I'm trying to troubleshoot things that could happen. And so then there's a real skill in being able to be flexible and adjust when things don't go according to plan because the plan was to have everything run smoothly. So what you said right there is, like almost exactly me, which is, I think if I'm completely honest, I think I am sort of naturally an anxious person. And I think that's part of why I plan so much. But I think one thing I've learned, and I'm still learning, I haven't figured this out all the time. But yeah, you're right. Like sometimes, especially with a, a baby, you know, there's just stuff you can't control, right? You can say, you know, you're going to feed the baby every three hours, and that should leave you 
45 minute window to work on something related to business, but baby may decide uh, she doesn't want to feed the full amount. So now it's going to throw everything off. Right. So I don't know. I think it's just for me, I think the biggest thing in all of this has just been to be kind to myself and really focus on self-care. I'm a big self-care person, but I don't think I valued it as much until now. Like for, you know, for example, now, I mean, we're still really early. The baby's only just a few months. So I try to prioritize, honestly, sleep and exercise. Um, sleep first, actually sleep, nutrition, then exercise, and then business stuff. Yeah. And I think that that's so important, you know, that I think often we think self-care looks like massages and, you know, fancy meals out. And that is self-care. But especially if you're someone who's wired in a way, I, you know, I, for me, I call it the proper care and feeding of the highly sensitive person. That mm-hmm. That's a term that works for me, but the basics are so important. And sometimes self-care is really about discipline. And that's something that I see that you really excel at is your ability to be disciplined in your life. Thank you for saying that. I, I can't like, I was very, I think, very fortunate to have parents and grandparents who had a, just a strong work ethic and who really taught me that it's not always like these big grand things that, you know, matter that it's really in the small steps, you know, in the small little steps of discipline that where you get those big results over time. Yeah. Is there anything that you would have done differently? Yeah. I think the biggest thing is just when you ask that question, I think I would have gone going back to the sleep thing. I think I would have just been more gracious and more gentle with myself to let me say, you know what, Mel, you know, it was nice before the baby where you could go to sleep at nine o'clock and wake up at 440 every day, but that's not going to happen now. So I would just be more kind to myself and just say, you know, hey, it's okay to sleep a little bit later and get the rest you need. Because if you're rested, then you're a better clinician, you're a better business owner, you're a better husband, you're a better dad all of those different things. So I think for the first, gosh, Patricia, I would say, I don't know, seven, eight weeks, I would say at least. I've, I like, I don't know if this, I mean, I'm going to even articulate this well, but I, on one hand, I realized the importance of self-care and I knew, I know that, you know, sleeping and sleep particularly for me is really important. I just noticed it has impact on my mood and everything. So I noticed that, but then on the other hand, I felt this pull of, the business owner, right? What if I'm not grinding every day? What if I'm not, you know? And I don't know, I just, I really battled with that sort of guilt and vacillating between those two feelings. So feeling like you should have been able to keep up with the structure and the discipline that you had before the baby and then having a hard time adjusting to like, oh, now I have another little person to be thinking about. Yeah. And I think related to that is like on one hand, realizing self-care is important, but on the other hand, just realizing I need to still get stuff done for the business and how do I, you know? balance. I think giving myself permission to say, you know what, it's okay to slow down in this season of the business and focus on stuff like sleep and (laughs) making sure you're eating well and being fully present with the baby um, and all of those things. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So can you just tell everybody briefly about what your routine looked like before the baby came? Your morning routine? Oh, yeah, yeah. I actually have a whole podcast episode on my morning routine, which is it was fun to create that episode, but I love that episode. Yeah, I don't know. I was kind of conflicted about creating. I was like, who's going to listen to this? But I've gotten some really nice feedback from it. So, what I've done is I noticed that 
so this is part of it is, is just a bunch of stuff I've learned, read, I've and noticed stuff about myself. I notice that I'm highly productive in the morning. And the sort of the research and science says that, you know, when we're rested, we tend to be the most creative and all of those things, right? Before a whole bunch of tasks come at us, then if we can control those things and get things done early in the morning, it tends you, we tend to get more stuff done. So I usually get up before I used to get up at 4.40. This was Monday through Saturday, because Saturday morning I go play basketball with friends. So I still get up that early, but Monday through Friday, 4.40 in the morning, 4.45 to 5, brush teeth, you know, get ready, all that kind of stuff. 5 to 5.45 is exercise. And then I do some sort of a morning routine. So that involves watching a TED Talk, just because what I noticed is I used to check my email initially and that used to just overwhelm me or I used to just go and like read ESPN or something, you know, but I love watching TED Talks because one, it gets my creative mind going and then it also just kind of centers me in a way. So I watch a a TED Talk, then I do just a brief like deep breathing exercise. One thing I haven't done that I want to incorporate is some sort of a journaling, like a brief journaling thing, but that's basically what I do. So exercise deep breathing, a TED talk. And then by six in the morning, I'm ready to start my day. So again, this is before the baby, but six to 7.30, I would work. So usually what I do is the night before I write down the three important tasks that I need to do for the next day. And I prioritize those in terms of sort of business, like which would have the most impact on business. And then I would knock down that first task for that hour and a half. And then Susan would be getting ready to go to work around seven, seven fifteen, seven thirty. So I would, you know, be with her during that time. And then from seven thirty to eight thirty, that's like breakfast, take a shower, that kind of stuff. Eight from eight thirty to gosh, one o'clock. Um, that's sort of my work time. We can talk more about this if it's interesting, but I break my days into twenty-five minute chunks. And so I, I work really intensely for 25 minutes. And then for five minutes, I take a break and then also take that time just to analyze if the previous 25 minutes was the best use of that time to do that task. Wow. You and I are wired really differently. <laughs> <laughs> and what I mean by that is it's really hard for me to not go into comparison, but like, I just have to know that you have a style that works for you. I would love to be as disciplined as you are, but transitions are so hard. So to work and then take five minutes off, like that would turn into 20 minutes. So it's just interesting to see the reactions that come up for me. And I admire your discipline so much. Yeah. And I think, but it's to your point, like, I think this is what works for me. And the reality is, you know, I didn't, I never before, like I never got up at 440 before. In fact, I used to get up, I think closer to 650, maybe seven. And then what I started realizing was I just had a lot more energy in the mornings. So then I just thought, well, side, slight side tangent, my brother and I, we used to go to India a lot of our summers because my grandparents and a lot of my mom's side is still there. And this is when we were growing up and my parents and my grandparents, we used to live with my grandparents and my grandparents would wake up super early. And I think I got used to that as well. And so I just realized, you know what, I'm so focused in the mornings. And what if I just start working back, like waking up 15 minutes earlier, and I just kept working myself back. And I try to even go a little earlier than 430. But then I noticed like I was just more tired. And I was like, this isn't worth it, you know, so this Mm -hmm. felt good and comfortable for me. 
But it's really a strength and a gift that you have because I'm an early riser. Well, I wake up early. I don't get out of bed early. Mm -hmm. So like, again, I just want to point out that these are traits that you have that I think are really defined and specialized that you're able to pull in that discipline and it works really well for you. I mean, I'm kind of in awe, like I said. (laughs) No, thank you. I don't know. I just, I like, there's something very gratifying about it being eight o'clock in the morning and you know that you've accomplished or at least put a good dent into the most important task of the day. Absolutely. And I think that there's something really esteeming about when we can harness our time and our activities that it's skill building and strength building. And then we know that we can accomplish things because we've demonstrated that we can do that consistently. I think it's a great skill to have. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, Thanks for saying that. Sure. So tell me some of the things that, you know, you never really would have imagined in spite of all the planning that you did. What things came up that you're like, whoa, (laughs) just with the baby and just with planning, like the sort of intersection with business and baby? Whatever you want to share, I would love to hear about. Oh man, such a good question. (laughs) So I think one was around like the baby's feeding, sleeping schedule. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when she was in the NICU, they had her pretty, because she needed to gain weight, right? So it was basically eight feedings uh, every 24 hours. So basically feed every three hours. And so- when she came home, and fortunately, I mean, she only had to stay in NICU for about two and a half weeks, which initially I think they had projected around five to seven just because she was like seven weeks early, but she did great. And so when she came home, we were like, this is awesome. She's already on the, she's already like super regimented and scheduled. And she was for the first like couple of weeks, but then, you know, she got comfortable and She's growing, right? So she needs more quantity. She's her, her personality is developing, all of those things. So I think one thing I just learned is, you know, I, I can plan as much as I want, but there's just stuff that the baby's going to do that I cannot anticipate, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, I don't know, I, I keep going back to this, but I think the biggest lesson I just learned is to be graceful just with myself. I feel like a lot of us struggle with this because we're high achievers, And we want to get a lot of things done. And I think, at least for me, like I'm really hard on myself when I don't get things done. And I think part of what I've really had to do is just learn to be even more kind to myself. Yeah, I think that's the gift that children give us if we're in a space like we can either try and get the child to conform to our needs and our schedule, and then you end up with a neurotic child Mm. or... You know, you learn to be more child-centered, but still have that balance that you need in your life. And it sounds like that's really what you've been trying to wiggle your way through imperfectly, which is how we do it. Yeah. And wiggle is probably the best word. <laughs> because this is the thing, you know, and to be honest, like for me is, you know, I'll figure out something and then I've kind of got, and then I'll set the pace, right? So like, this is a way to do it. And then I'll just kind of repeat that same thing. But with a baby, right? You could do something like, for example, you know, a certain way of feeding could work one day, but the other day doesn't really work, right? So I think for me, the biggest thing is just holding loosely to to positions, to time, to all of those different things. Like I had mentioned this to you, but even like with the sleep thing, like I used to wake up at 4.30, 4.40. Now I wake up closer to seven just because, you know, with a couple of feedings at night, we're losing, you know, 30 mm-hmm five to an hour, 35 minutes to an hour. And so if I'm trying to get up at 4.30, I mean, I can't fully function on four hours of sleep, you know? Right. It's consistently inconsistent. 
Right. Yeah. Did you know that you could have so much love for another little human being? No idea. I had multiple friends and loved ones tell me this, that you'll never, you'll feel this sense of joy and love that you'll, you've never experienced before. And I was like, well, I'm a pretty sensitive person. <laughs> I mm -hmm. You know, like think of can, you know, I think at least generally I felt pretty deeply, but yeah, no, it's, it's very true. Uh, you know, even now, like we're recording this and I'm just, I know, you know, she's with her grandparents, but you know, there's a sense of like, I miss her. And, you know, she like, she started social smiling recently and it's like so adorable <laughs> because, mm -hmm. you know, and, uh, I don't know and she, you know, she smiled before I left and it was just so sweet. So it's just like that image is in my mind. Yeah, I think it really gives us an opportunity to be so in the present moment mm -hmm. and to kind of let go of the schedules and the tasks and the to-do because you really get an opportunity to see the world through this fresh new little spirit that, you know, just responds to everything. Yeah, I mean, it's, it is interesting to that point because, you know, the like recently she's now really fascinated by, you know, patterns and by, you know, like shadows and lights. So she'll just stare at one thing for like, minutes and I'm like and then I love and I was just thinking about that the other day like just her curiosity about the world you know and I feel like as much as I'm trying to teach her you know we're trying to teach her as parents I feel like I'm learning a lot more about slowing down and just being intentional and appreciating the day-to-day -day and the moment-to-moment -moment of life. It kind of gives us an opportunity to go through ages and stages of our life where we may have needed more. We don't know that we didn't get it, but as our kids go through those stages, we kind of get a chance to not only reparent ourselves, hmm. but to experience it differently and to show up for our kids in a way that maybe, you know, we would have liked someone to be there for us. So it's really a great opportunity. Never thought of it that way. I love that, that word of reparenting. Yeah. And I think that's absolutely true. Yeah. And you know how you get to find out when those times are? No. How? <laughs> when parenting really sucks and you hate it. <laughs> mm, it's a good barometer. <laughs> you know, and I'm laughing, but it's very serious. You know, that if your parents had a really hard time with you as a toddler or as a teen, like those are the times when parenting gets really, really hard because we didn't get the modeling that we needed. And now we're getting a chance to deal with it with our own kids. Mm, that's very insightful. Something to look forward to. Woohoo! Oh, joy. <laughs> <laughs> Melvin, is there anything else that you want to share before we wrap up? Um, not that I, not that I can think of. I think just the biggest takeaway from all of this is like this episode, I wanted it to be less of, you know, like here's some concrete business things, but more of just an open or honest conversation. I think just the one thing I could share is just to be gracious and kind to yourself during the season. You know, I, on one hand, like for me, I'm just so task oriented sometimes to a fault and I think one thing parenthood is teaching me is just to appreciate the moments because she's not going to be this little forever, you know? Mm -hmm. And if I'm just so focused on, you know, putting her to sleep so I can get stuff done. And of course, there's times I have to do that. But if that becomes my sole focus, then the stage of her life just comes and goes, right? And then I look back and I'm like, how did she get so much bigger? Like what happened, you know? Right. And I think just having that awareness, like as parents, we're going to do it imperfectly, no matter how great our intentions are. Mm -hmm. But the fact that you have that awareness is already a huge shift and it's already making a difference. 
Yeah, um, I hope so. Thank you for saying that. I, this is such a, a new, I feel like in some ways, this is like the first time you ever have like a mock therapy session, right? Yeah. Or the first, like you, you read all these books, you know, all this stuff. And then when you go into the room and somebody's like there and you're like, okay, open-ended question, closed-ended question, right. like, you know? So it's like, I don't know. I feel like I still have my training wheels on. I'll probably have it on for a while. But well, you don't really get a dress rehearsal for having kids and not your first one. Yeah, absolutely. And it's just, you know, and and the thing you just also appreciate is just how unique every child is, right? I mean, we have friends mm-hmm. that are like, oh, our, you know, our baby sleeps seven hours a night. And I'm like, wow, that's amazing. Our sleeps two and a half to three. <laughs> we wake up you know, a couple of times a night, but you know, but still she's, she's her own person. Right. And I don't know, I just learning to appreciate the beautiful chaos and all of this. Yep. That's a great term, beautiful chaos. And just one thing, it it's so easy to get into the comparing of, you know, what are the other kids doing? What milestones are they reaching? What are parents, you know, are, do they let them cry it out? Do they pick them up? It's so easy to get so wrapped up in that, but it sounds like, you know, you and Susan have really aligned your values and that you're really focused on the baby and what the baby needs. You're going to do it imperfectly. That's how we model to our kids imperfect parenting. If we were perfect parents, that really wouldn't be a great model for our kids. So I think just the fact that you recognize all of that and just the fact that you have such a a huge heart and you care so much, she's just so blessed to have both of you as parents. Thank you, Patricia. It's been a tough season in many ways, but we're just so grateful to be parents. And I think it's just been neat how my own eyes have been open to what really is important in life. Yep. This will be a year of wonderful milestones for your whole family. Looking forward to it. Melvin, thank you for letting me join you on your show today. <laughs> thank you so much for interviewing me. This was this was fun. I uh, I don't know. I I'm so used to like talking about marketing or social media <laughs> stuff. And just talking about life. I think this is just this has been good. Well, thanks. Have a great day. You too. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye bye. Hey there. Hope you enjoyed the conversation that I had with Patricia. And I, especially if you're in a season of life where things are quite chaotic and there's a lot of moving parts. I hope that today's podcast session has just been a source of encouragement for you. I wanted feedback on a couple of things with this episode. One is, please let me know if you like more of these episodes where I'm being interviewed on various things. And then also let me know, this podcast episode actually The interview part of this episode was actually aired on Patricia's podcast a few months ago. I haven't actually done that before. I'm constantly experimenting and trying new things on the podcast. So if you could also just let me know if you kind of like that, where you liked hearing like a different intro and an outro, depending on the podcast, but the actual same core content. You can always send me an email over at melvin at sellingthecouch.com and love to hear from you. At the end of the day, I, I want to continue to create these episodes that are truly helpful for you on your private practice and your business journey. And I don't know that I have anything particularly insightful to add other than I just hope that you enjoyed today's episode. Before we wrap up, just wanted to take a moment to thank the team over at Turning Point HQ for supporting today's podcast session. So Turning Point HQ is the result or is the brainchild of David Frank, who is a financial planner for therapists. And as I've mentioned before, uh, Dave and I actually have gotten to be good friends, just an awesome person to work with. And one of the things that 
they will help us to do is create a holistic and an intentional retirement and investing plan that supports you to lead a really awesome life. Because ultimately, I think for many of us, it's we invest, right, to create the life that we want. And uh, it's to do it in an intentional way. And Dave, honestly, is just one of the most like heart-centered folks that I've ever met. And you're absolutely going to be in good hands with him. You can learn more about Turning Point HQ and the awesome services that they provide over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash Turning Point HQ. And if you go through that link, uh, Dave actually created this seven financial mistakes that therapists make. It's a free downloadable and uh, you can download it right there. And then you also get $200 off any of your any of the services that Dave provides. Be sure to mention that you heard it on STC. And show notes to today's episode can be found over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash session dash 178. Have a great rest of your day and uh, I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Selling the Couch podcast. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit www.sellingthecouch.com. So if you've been listening to the STC podcast for a while, or you've been listening to podcasts and you've had this thought of, Mel, I would love to launch my own podcast in order to grow my business. Just wanted to encourage you to check out our free podcasting workshop, which is over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash podcasting workshop. You can basically sign up at a day and a time that works for you. It's 90 minutes. And when I do these workshops or when I record them, I truly believe in the quality teaching, so it's going to be well worth your time. We're going to go through gear recommendations and how to launch strategically and how to think about monetizing your podcast and how to line up your podcast with your existing offers and how to do it strategically and authentically uh, and not salesy and slimy um, and all of those things. So again, the link is over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash podcasting workshop.